Welcome to the Miles Not Included podcast. I'm Joe. And I'm Brian. Run with us as we talk training, racing, and everything in between. Welcome to episode 16 of Miles Not Included. Today we're going to kick it up a little bit because we're going streaking. Uh, Joe, I'm not really comfortable talking about this. No, Brian, come on, man. You should be all in for this. No, no, really. I, you know, I'm a little self-conscious and uh, I'd, I'd really rather we skip to uh, next week's topic. All right, that's fine. You just, you just sit on the sidelines and watch because uh, I'm going streaking with our guest today. He is a man who has been running for more than 25 years straight without a break. Uh, and not only that, he's the president of a group of people who love to streak. So we'll learn all about it in a minute. Oh, wait. You mean uh, they run consecutively, not that they run in the nude? Well, I, I'm not sure. As far as I know, they're just into the consecutive running. What else goes on? No clue. Wow, that changes my whole perspective on this topic. You in now? Yes, let, let's do this. Let's get to it. Uh, so speaking of streaks, Brian, I've got a one-day running streak going. How about wow, them how many, how many miles are you cranking on? Okay, well, I'm not, not even focusing in on the miles, but uh, I, did get, I did get some running in today, so I'm very happy. That's and a I, plus. It is, and I stayed within the guidelines as prescribed by... Uh, my PT crew. So I did a little uh, 30 minutes with three and a half minute walk, one and a half minute jog, repeat six times. And it felt pretty good. You know how it's, it's just one of those things that you're always waiting for. It's like phantom. I don't know if it's real pain I'm feeling or phantom pain, but got through it all and sort of had, I'm, I'm a little bit optimistic, which is good because I haven't been this optimistic for it's been a couple weeks now. So is it the really the phantom pain or is are you feeling a little bit of discomfort? It, it is it's definitely not pain. It it would be discomfort if anything, but I mean I haven't used these muscles in so long. I mean I've been trying to do all the been doing the PT exercises and all that good stuff and I actually did a couple runs before this similarly, uh like a 4-minute walk, 1-minute jog. And then the other day I did the three and a half walk one and a half jog and it's just kind of kind of getting those muscles to fire back up and used to it so i can't it's i don't know it's hard to separate the uh what's going on you know if it's just good bad and different but at least i got it in and i can still walk without pain and so those are my sort of goals i want to be able to walk without pain and then just keep getting these exercises and make some some progress so at this point I'm putting it in the W column. I'm going to call it a win and hit some PT tomorrow, see how I feel, doing some strength training, a little core in there, Brian. Wow. You're I know. really kicking it up now. I am. I am. Doctor supervised. So are you going to uh, actually try and keep that core workout going moving forward? We'll see. I shared the whole background uh, with my, I have two PT people. That's how, that's how bad I am. <laughs> No, so I actually have uh, my main uh, physical therapist, and then there's someone training um, under her. So they've been great, though. I've learned uh, some good things, some good exercises. Um, they've reinforced that I have absolutely no flexibility, so that's nice. I'm in the same boat. 
my wife always makes fun of me when I stand there trying to go through my stretching and I'm barely able to touch my toes. She always tells me I got to get in for yoga and, you know, all those classes. But you know what? If it makes you feel better, the the doctor that I went to, he... I should send you the article. He talks about, uh, maybe we could even share it or post it, but he talks about the fact that um, a lot of the top athletes, they're not as, as, as flexible as you would think. And he says part of that's just a byproduct. You need, you need to be a certain, that the muscle can only be so loose in order to run fast. So in my case, there's no correlation. I'm, I'm tight and I can't run fast, but, uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Just thought I would share that nugget with you. So how you doing over there? How's the recovery going? Well, the first week was great. I really didn't do anything since uh, Sunday's race. Slept in a lot. Ate a lot of really bad food. Sort of, you know, getting back everything that I'd given up as I got closer to race day. I was just going to ask you, so so take me through what were the the delights that you... You were partaking in that you had been uh, abstaining from during the training. Well, the biggest thing was soda. I'm a sucker for soda, <laughs> and I try to give it up as much as I can beforehand. I allow myself, usually if I'm out to eat, maybe I'll let myself have like one glass. It's been sort of a mad dash down the soda aisle at the grocery store lately, and just drinking whatever I feel like, which isn't the best thing for me, and I know it, especially because I'll have one in the evening, and, you know, caffeine obviously isn't the best thing before you go to bed, and I'm not as young as I used to be where I used to, you know, drink a Mountain Dew and go to bed. So that's the that's the number one thing. I've been... My wife keeps filling a candy jar with M&Ms, and every time I walk by, I grab a handful of those. Uh, I've eaten at Steak and Shake, uh... I'm, I'm, you know, living the life here for a week or two. You had me up to the steak and shake part. Oh. There you, there you lost me a little bit. What do you Man. get there? Uh, the Frisco melt. We actually got that coming out of town from St. Louis. First meal we had, we had all agreed on our way down that it was going to be steak and shake. Steak and shake. So is there anything you haven't had that you still have on the list that you need to uh, tackle? Um, not that I can think of off the top of my head. I mean, it's not, I don't really have a, a list of I've got to have this and got to have that because I gave it up. It's sort of a, just whatever I want for the two weeks after my race. And then I'll rein it back in and try to eat better. All right. So now that you've got the food, I was going to say under control, out of control. Anyway, are you actually starting to do some uh, some sort of exercise? Yeah. So uh, don't sound so enthused. <laughs> well, yeah. yesterday I actually made it into the pool for swimming. Okay. Um, which most people probably wouldn't consider swimming. So I did do 500 meters, but. Every 25 meters, I had to take a break. Um, it's been well over a year since I actually swam. Uh, it was not pretty by any stretch of the imagination. Heart pounding the whole time. When I'd get to the end, I was gasping for breath. But, you know, I'm trying not to give up on it completely, but I had to get back in there. So I'm actually a little sore from that. You know, my shoulders, my neck, even my legs a bit. Just not used to pointing my toes because you don't do that when you run. 
Uh, so I was feeling a bit of that even in my ankles. So beyond that, this morning I woke up and I actually went down in the basement and we have some weights down there. So I had a little upper body workout, some curls, some shrugs, you know, nice. a little bit of stuff here and there, even a little core. I did do a couple of planks. So I'm trying to get back into it, trying to do a little bit more total body workout type stuff, which I'm sure in a month or so I'll probably give up in lieu of more time to put to the running, even though I know I shouldn't. Okay, so week two here, you're easing back into it. So do you have plans to run next week, which would be week three? So my plan will be I take two complete weeks off, so I will run next Monday, a week from today, when we're recording this. Very good. What? What? How do you come back those first couple runs then? Are you jump in with some like eight-milers or...? <laughs> no. So right off the bat, it's probably going to be three or four miles, just enough to see how things feel, loosen up a little bit. It'll be real slow miles. Um, I'll you know start building pretty quick if the body accepts those miles. You know, the first Sunday run, which is generally my long runs are on Sunday, uh, will probably be five or six miles just to ease back into it and you know, I'll try to build a base where I'm taking a couple of days off a week still, but an average weekly run will probably be five or six miles. And then the weekend runs, I'd like to build them up to, you know, somewhere between 10, 12, maybe even 13 miles for those long runs and sort of sit at that until we get a little bit closer to my next training cycle. And you had mentioned last time you're looking for your next race, probably going to be July 4th. You'll hit something there. Yeah, I, I try to do a 5k every year. Um, I would really like to work on my 5K PR this year, which means I'd probably have to get on the track here at some point, you know, do a little bit more speed work. But yeah, I I also wouldn't be opposed to trying to find a race in June even just to, you know, sort of keep things interesting. Good. Yeah, that'd be great. Get out there and tackle some of that shorter stuff. Your cardio, I mean, your your fitness is obviously high as demonstrated by your St. Louis time. Hey, speaking of St. Louis, uh, just take a minute. So you had mentioned, uh, we talked, I think off air, but um, take everybody through what happened with the women's finish at uh, St. Louis. From my point of view, there were two women running neck and neck through uh, probably early 20s. Um, and then one definitely split off and one fell back. And the woman who won it was about a minute ahead of me. She was in sight uh, as I could see her turning into the finishing chute as I was starting to make the turn before that. And so she crossed the finish line and I wasn't far behind her. So as I got to the finish line, she was standing there and I actually patted her on the shoulder and said, great race. And there was no fanfare for her and I didn't really think anything of it at the time, and she said thanks and you know went to go get her her banana and whatnot um, so so before you go on were were people on the course telling her she was number she was the first woman then did she yeah did throughout she the run at about it had to be around mile twenty she had been behind me, and she had caught up to me with that other woman um and I sort of ran with them for maybe a quarter mile before they started inching ahead of me. And yeah, the whole way from the time they were behind me to the time they were in front of me, you know, you'd hear the spotters calling first women and you'd see the 
the people with their little notepads as you got through certain checkpoints writing down as many bibs as they could you know and you'd hear them saying first woman and then they'd call out a number and so in my mind she was the first woman so were you close to when she crossed the finish line where the arms up was she punching the air or she just kind of casually crossed the line uh that i wasn't paying any attention i at that point i was just trying to get myself to the finish as quick as i could all right so fast forward so finish you tell her good job yep and as far as i knew that was it you know she had won the race it wasn't until the next morning that i saw an article that someone had actually posted on twitter stating that some other woman had for a short time won the race so obviously, I found that very interesting, having seen the other woman win the race. Um, but there was no banner for her to run through or anything when she got there. Which again, it didn't click anything in my mind until I read the article that this other woman had won the race. And this other woman happened to have no splits for the mm-hmm. race. And yeah. apparently... Last year came in third, right? Right. Something like that, third. And had no splits for last year's race. Right. And actually, that's what worries me the most (laughs) is in a lot of the larger races, they will disqualify people if they don't meet a certain number of splits along the course. They generally will understand if you miss one that maybe your bib didn't pick up, the, the, the bib reader didn't pick up. Um, but yeah, apparently she had no splits. She had ripped the sensor off the back of her bib both years, which is, uh, you, you usually do that for this, for this one. You didn't, right. You just kept it on for some yeah, reason. This time, you know, normally I'm trying to shave any weight off I can. So obviously I, I take the sensors out. No, um, I, I don't know what would compel you to do that. I, I could possibly see someone doing it once one year not realizing because they used to do those where they would put your shoe sensor on your bib and you peel it off. I don't know if you remember ever doing those, maybe thinking that that was the process, but I'm guessing if you pulled that off your bib, it's not going to stick. So you probably would know better the second time around. I think I I do find it a little disconcerting that it wasn't until this year that they realized last year had issues. Yeah. And I think, um, besides not having any splits, oddly enough, she had no photos either. She never appeared in any of the photos. Well, there was one at the very beginning crossing one of the bridges. (laughs) Oh, there you go. From this year. She did start the race from this year. Yeah. So anyway, so it caught up. The, the photo of her is, is pretty good. The woman who, quote one who apparently it looks like she may have taken some shortcuts and not run the whole thing she has this kind of mortified look on her face like uh oh so it doesn't I, I think what people are speculating is she didn't really mean to win so she meant to cheat but she cheated too well and ended up with with the w and i think it was a 1500 dollars prize right yeah that yeah. comes along with it. So yeah, I think it was fifteen for first, a thousand for second, and five hundred for third. So in last year, I don't believe there was prize money, so maybe that was part of it. But yeah. yeah, so the race director, I saw the race director reached out, and apparently she couldn't put up any sort of plausible defense, and she doesn't have too much to say. But she was stripped of her third, third from last year, and first from this year, and 
I think she, they reached out to the BAA too to make sure she would not be eligible for Boston. Well, and I believe what they said was she had registered and was planning on running this year, and they nixed her. So that that now that would have been interesting. I would have liked to have seen how that works. So what's the time between St. Louis and Boston then? Uh, one week, uh, one, one week and one day. Yeah, and I wonder if she was planning on. I mean, Boston gets interesting if you're not planning on trying to run the whole thing. I'm not sure that there's. I've heard and I've read accounts where people have managed to um, not run the whole thing and still get a time, but it takes some creativity since it's basically a point-to-point course. But Well, maybe we'll reach out. We'll see if she wants to come on and talk about her St. Louis and break it down for us. I'll let you work on that one, Joe. <laughs> yeah, don't hold your breath, right? <laughs> All right, Brian, let's let's get to streaking. But before we do that, we'd ask if uh, you can go into iTunes, hit us up with a review rating, uh, five star, whatever, whatever you think is appropriate. We always appreciate your feedback. So let's move on. Let's get to our guest. We'll be back after this. Our guest today is the definition of consistency. The last time he took a day off of running, Germany was two countries. Phil Collins topped the charts, and Roseanne was a hit on TV. He has been running every day since December 31st, 1989, more than 25 years of never missing a run. We welcome Mark Washburn to the show. Mark, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, it's it's our pleasure. So... we just can't get our heads around this. More than 25 years of, of running is just insane. So take us back to, I guess, the beginning, if, all the way back to December 31st, 1989. So did you go into this thinking, hey, I'm, I want to put together a streak? I did not. It was something that just happened for me. I, um, I went to, uh, at the time, I was... Uh, uh, stockbroker. I was just starting a new job as a stockbroker, and we had three weeks in Detroit, and I organized people to run every day. So when I came back, I, lo- I discovered that I had done uh, three weeks, and I wanted to know the longest I'd ever run without missing a day, and it went back to my first marathon that I did in 1985. It was the New Jersey Waterfront Marathon. I had gone 50 days, so I thought, oh, I- let's see if I can make 50 days. And so 50 days has now turned into 9,237 days, which is how many days it is today. Unbelievable. Yeah, that, that is incredible. So at that point, did you know anyone else who had streaked or looked at, you know, kind of thought about this sort of thing? Um, you know, uh, back then, the, the person who was most associated with streak running was Ron Hill from England. He's an Olympian, a three-time Olympian, and he also won the uh, Boston Marathon back in 1970. So I remember reading reports about him, um, and uh, though I really didn't know anybody, it would be a couple of years before I'd meet people in my neighborhood, uh, or I should say in, my, um, in northern New Jersey who had a streak as, as I did. And then from there, um, you know, the streak association got formed, and I was part of that. So... That's how I got involved there. 
So if you'd like, I could do a little history on how our streak association got started. Um, it, it, it goes back really to 1994, a man named George Fancock. He was, run, he was working for Runner's Gazette, which is a uh, kind of an Eastern uh, newsletter, a news, uh, newspaper, I should say. And uh, so he decided to keep track of people who had running streaks, and he first posted the list in uh, the December issue of 1994. And uh, I wasn't on it, even though my streak was about five years at the time. But eventually, I heard about George, and I got myself on the streak list. Uh, back in 1999, when the um, people are just getting email accounts, the Internet was taking off, a guy named David Delakey uh, from Canada, he, he put together Ultra Marathon, um, kind of a newsletter that went out to people on, online. And he started to, he put us in there, which kind of shows how people thought of us at the time. We were kind of with, lumped in with all the extreme, extreme people doing, you know, really long distances. Uh, from there, a man named John Strumsky uh, from Maryland, he talked to George Hancock, and he wanted to put together a um, uh, United States Running Streak Association. So he did, working off of George's list. Uh, that was 2000. He had his first newsletter in April of 2001, and I was the 13th person to join the association. As soon as I heard that John had done that, I wanted to be part of it. And then from there, it kind of took off. Uh, John decided in 2011 that he wanted to um, retire. His running streak, which was over 25 years, had ended. Uh, he was in his 70s, so he asked who wanted to be the next president. So... I think I was picked because I was willing to drive to Maryland to pick the pick up the file. So I became president <laughs> in, in 2011, and from there uh, I talked to our board, and in, uh, um, we decided in 2012 to invite international runners. So that's how Streak Runners International got formed out of the United States Running Streak Association. So that's a little history lesson on our association. Yeah, now, and in, in the rules are pretty straightforward. Can you can you walk through what uh, rules you guys have set up? Right, yes. You have to do uh, one mile a day. Uh, it's pretty uh, plain and simple. Um, some of us, like uh, I started again in 1989, so I've always done three miles a day. So I've continued that, uh, that amount. We have people who have done even more than that, uh, more than three miles a day. But in order to be part of our association, you have to do a mile a day. So how do people record their days? And is there any concern about people, I don't want to accuse people of fudging numbers, but is, is that something that's taken into consideration well, it is, with the rules? Know, it, it, it is. Uh, we use the honor system. Um, mainly, if you, know, you tell us your streak is, uh, first of all, we don't keep track of you until your streak is one, at least one year. Uh, I mean, you can post on our Facebook page, which a lot of people do. We have over 2,000 people on it. But in order to uh, be part of our list, you have to run. Um, you have to run for a year. Now, as it happens, um, anytime we get uh, any kind of news, we get uh, people wannabes who claim that they have long streaks. So, usually, if they claim that their streak is actually, if they claim their streak is older than mine, I usually like hmm. Okay, well, we never heard of you, so I, 
I will Google their name, and if I don't find anything about running, uh, I'll ask for, you know, information and people, you know, they run with to verify it. Uh, one guy uh, we just didn't know about, and uh, so we actually sent somebody from our association to his house to look at his logbooks to kind of verify. But uh, it's, it is the honor system that we use. And Mark, if you could, one of the uh, things in doing the research that we came across was a term called the crossover. You mentioned you have to complete at least one mile each day. So this article talked about the concept, if I want to do a three-mile run, but I span actually two days. So I start it just before midnight. Oh, I see what you mean. Okay. Go over. What's your your thoughts on that? Well, it's really, yes, uh, there's not a big deal about that. Uh, we, We would count it. Uh, it's more of the new people that are concerned about it that, well, if I start a run on, um, say, Monday, and I'm continuing, say I'm doing a long race, and I'm continuing on Tuesday, do I, does it count, you know, and it does. We don't really have a problem with that. We do get a lot of questions concerning international time zones and, uh, <laughs> you know, changing that. And, uh, you know, I'm pretty liberal. I'm the person who puts up. Uh, puts people on the list and takes them off. And, uh, you know, as long as uh, they're reasonable, like, you know, if they leave from a particular place. We had one guy who lived uh, overseas, and they eliminated a day from his... He lived in the South Pacific, and they decided that they were going to be at the... I can't remember whether they're going to... The island decided that they were going to be at the end of the day or the beginning of the day, so they just eliminated one of his days, so he was concerned about that. But, that, you know, it, it's, we're, as long as it's within the spirit, we're, we're fine with it. It's, that's some pretty hardcore stuff. So It is, yeah. <laughs> take, us, uh, take us into, um, do you have a routine then? Are you a morning runner? You always run at the same time? or? Um, I am pretty much a morning runner. Um, uh, I teach college, so it really depends on if I have classes, if I have early morning classes, I will get up with my fiance, who also has a running streak. Her streak is now over two years, and uh, so we'll run together. Um, if I don't have a class, I usually go a little bit later. Uh, I've been training for Boston, so usually I'll do my longer runs on days when you know I don't, I don't have an early morning class. And, and uh, I understand you have a little bit of a streak going there with Boston as well? Right, yes. This will be my uh, 11th consecutive Boston. Uh, last year was really my toughest one. I got the flu like a couple of days before, and I was very hurting trying to finish. But uh, Boston is one of these places, if you do 10 in a row, you uh, automatically get in as long as you qualify. So I'm somebody who... Um, uh, I have a friend, Tish Hamilton, who works for uh, Runner's World, and she calls herself a squeaker, where she gets into Boston by less than five minutes. Well, Tish is actually a pretty good runner, but I personally am not that great a runner, and a lot of times I've gotten in by, well, one time I got in by seven seconds. So, wow. Um, you know, I, but I've been able to keep that streak alive, getting in, and I actually ran the Chicago Marathon in October, so... Uh, I am already qualified for 2016. Wow. So. That's awesome. So do you, uh, besides marathons then, do you race other distances? It, yeah, I really do. Um, I'm New Jersey's pretty active in um, 
running clubs. I'm a member of a running club. Actually, I started a running club in New Jersey, and uh, we compete against other running clubs in the state. My running club, which really got started in 2010, we came in third in the state. And in um, what they do is we run races from, well, actually from one mile to a half marathon, and there's age groups, so there's, you know, like an open men's team, open women's team, 40s men's team, 40s women's, and it goes up to 50s, 60s, 70s. So you compete against them, and each race gets a certain amount of points. So it's kind of fun. And as I said, my, my running club came in third in the state, and the team I was on, the 50s men, we came in first in the state. So that was kind of exciting. Nice work. So you, you must have, over the 25 years, had some some uh, close calls where because of commitments, health, those sort of things, uh, getting the run in that day must have been tough. Can you take us through some of those some of those situations? Yeah, I, uh, for me, I've, first of all, I've been very lucky, obviously. There's a certain amount of luck in order to be able to bring that many days in a row. Uh, I've had my share of injuries starting with the first year I had plantar fasciitis to I've had hamstring issues. I remember a couple of years into it, I was playing uh, softball with my friends and I was trying to beat out an infield hit, which I shouldn't have, and I pulled my hamstring. And that was very difficult to run on. And uh, um, I'd say in, 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 I had another hamstring issue where I was running on a trail with some friends and I tripped over a rock and uh, I was going downhill. I caught my balance, but I pulled my hamstring again, and that was really painful mm. to get in the run the next day. So how do you approach the run the next day? Are you are you in that situation? Are you telling yourself, let's get out there and do the three miles? Or how, how do you how do you look right. at it? Right, yeah. Well, um, well, first of all, I always say, okay, all you have to do is do one mile because that's our minimum. Uh, but I just kind of, you know, it's painful, and I just kind of, you know, know that it's going to be painful. And usually, you know, I'm icing it, doing everything I can to deal with it. And, you know, I've been able to uh, get in my three miles every day. So it's good. And how, I, I don't even, I don't even know how to phrase this, but without taking time, hard time off, how, uh, how does your body, how do you get your body to recover um, and get through these injuries and illnesses? Um, you know, I think our bodies heal quicker than, quicker than we think, and uh, I I don't know. I just feel really lucky. I mean, um, you know, obviously running the day after a marathon is usually tough. Actually, I find two days after a marathon is tougher because your body is stiff. Uh, stiff. But uh, I, I actually feel uh, it, it helps it. It helps, helps the recovery process to keep on going, and... Uh, I don't know. I just I just feel really lucky. Um, I I'm a, as I said I'm a college professor and uh, I became one in 1992 and since then I've never called in sick from work and uh, you know I've just been really fortunate, really lucky. But I think having a running streak, being active every day, has played into that. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. So what has your nutrition, has your approach to running, how has that changed in the 25 years? Uh, I ate a lot more fast food when I was younger. Uh, I'm more careful of my uh, my diet now. You know, I'm eating a lot more fish, salmon. And I'm I'm doing that. Um, um, I 
you know, I'm, I'm not a fanatic when it comes to nutrition, but, you know, I try to be careful, uh, you know, when I eat. I try to eat a little more fruit and things like that. But like a lot of runners, I'm sure I feel that because I run every day, I can eat whatever I can. And, you know, you used to be able to get away with it when you're in your 30s. When you're, uh, I'm almost uh, 60, I'm 59 right now, it's harder to get away with that. Your body catches up with with you, so you have to be more careful what you eat. Yeah, I'm, I'm many years younger, and it's it's catching up with me very quickly. <laughs> One of the trends that we hear, uh, read a lot and hear from people uh, as they age and um, continue to run and they find it helps is yoga and some of those types of cross-training activities. Do you subscribe to anything like that? I don't. Uh, my girlfriend, oh, I should say my fiance, she swears by it. She's, uh, she misses, she, you know, she loves yoga. Um, I, I'm, I have a really stiff body, so it's harder for me to do the yoga poses. Although, uh, recently I had a, a groin injury, and uh, so I had one back in 2007, too. I went to the doctor, and he gave me these stretching exercises, and I did it for a while, and, uh, you know, I kind of forgot doing it. And so uh, the last month or so I've been doing stretching again. I've never felt better. So I think I'm going to be a lifetime stretcher from this point on. I think it, it, it's helped me, you know, as again, as my body ages. And is that just post post run, or are you doing anything pre run? Well, you know, I'm doing. The, they recommend that uh, you do it uh, several times a day. So I've been doing it before and after my run, and I'm trying to get a couple stretches in during the day. And it's been really, it's been really beneficial. Um, uh, I've never, you know, I, usually when I go into a marathon, I have some kind of injury, and knock on wood, uh, going into Monday's race, I feel better than I have had in, in years. So, and I, and I attribute to the stretching before and after the runs played into me feeling better. So I wanted to ask a question. For someone like myself, I've never run more than, I would guess, two weeks in a row, so roughly 14 days. How, okay. What would your suggestions be for someone starting out who might want to be um, looking to streak, or maybe at what point should someone take a look back and say, "Well, I've run for a week straight. Maybe I, you know, maybe I am in a position to continue a streak." Um, well, you know, first of all, I would suggest you go to our Facebook page because it's a very supportive group. Uh, a lot of people have found that uh, they um, their, their problem with running is that they like to run but they keep on making excuses why they can't do it. You know, there's always an excuse like, oh, I've got this injury, i got that injury, or, you know, I don't have time. And uh, so what we suggest is you just commit yourself to say, all right, I'm going to do one mile a day, which is really, in the big scheme of things, not very much. You could do a mile in 10 minutes or 11 minutes or 12 minutes. And uh, But a lot of people find that once they get out there, then you know they add to add to the mileage. Um, so uh, you know that's what I would suggest. You know, don't make it really hard on yourself. Just just say you know what I'm gonna I I, I deserve it and I'm going to you know commit myself to at least ten minutes of exercise a day running and and you'll see before you know it it adds up. You'll have a, a year in and you'll be sending an email to me with your streak and I'll be putting it on our website 
on uh, runeveryday.com and people all over the world will be seeing that you could do it. So do you have any suggestions for a problem I have is if I just jump into running and I run for several days in a row, I start feeling tired um, or beat up. Do you have any suggestions mm-hmm. to help get over that hump? Well, we say, uh, well, I'm sure you're doing, when you run, you probably say, it's not worth it unless I do five miles. I don't know you personally, but that's what a lot of people say. So we just say, you know, just get out there. And uh, a lot of us, you know, a lot of people will just say that their one mile is their rest day. You know, they they get out there and they do their one mile. And, uh, you know, it's like anything else with me, obviously, I... You know, I'm training for a marathon. I'll have days when I'm doing 20 miles, and, you know, a lot of days I'll just do my minimum of three miles. So for me, that's kind of kind of my rest day. Yeah, that's that's a huge shift, right? In, uh, you're hitting on a, <laughs> on a key there, Mark. Yeah. The concept of a rest day being three miles, I think, is, is hard, well, hard to get your mind different. around. Well, for me, you know, I've been doing it since I was in my 30s, so, or early 30s, and so... Uh, to me, it's not a big deal that I do it. I mean, once, you know, uh, every, uh, it's tougher after doing marathons. It's tougher if you have, uh, you know, a cold or something like that. But for the most part, it's automatic for me. I just go out and, you know, I enjoy it. I uh, get out there and, you know, gives me a chance to be outside. I have a job that um, I'm either, you know, teaching in front of students or I'm, um, I do a lot of reading, obviously, or I'm doing writing, so I'm indoors a lot. So it gives me an opportunity uh, to get out there and, and, and you know enjoy the day. So, Mark, one of the things I'm sure that comes up inevitably when you start talking to people about your streak is is the the, the end, right? Most people probably will ask, and I guess we'll be obligated to to, to talk about um, how do how, how do most of these streaks come to an end? Are most of them when they start getting deep into these, you know, it's in double digits. Are most of these uh, runners making a conscious decision that I'm satisfied, um, I'm done with these things? Well, it's uh, most people, their streaks end because of some kind of injury. Okay. That's, uh, that's the number one. It, it really depends on how long they are. Um, you know, obviously a streak over five years, it's usually some kind of injury. We've had people, what we call uh, pulling a Cal Ripken. Uh, <laughs> if you remember Cal Ripken, he was the baseball player who sat himself down. And we do have a few people who have decided that, you know, for whatever reason, they no longer want to run every day. So they, in our jargon, they pull a Cal Ripken and sit themselves down. Uh, we've had people who just forgot, you know, they had a busy day and they wake up in the middle of the night like, oh no, I forgot to run. So, that's happened as well. But uh, I would say the majority of people are because of injury. And believe it or not, we are creatures of habit. A lot of them start up again. Wow. <laughs> uh, so we have people with mul- multiple streaks. Multiple streaks. And those people that you that uh, decide to pull the Cal Ripken, uh, I'm sure you've talked with them after that. What's uh, What gets them going again then? Is it well, some of those people don't get started. Okay. Especially the people that are that are injured. Uh, someone who consciously decides not to run anymore, usually, uh, usually, you know, it's for whatever reason that, that they have. 
but it's the people who have been injured, um, you know, obviously being runners, uh, some type of injury is going to happen for us, you know. It's it's common among a lot of runners that I'm sure you've been injured and, you know, um, uh, uh, it happens a lot. So, um, but they, they start up again. They, you know, they miss running every day. They miss um, being out there. We also have a lot of people who are part of uh, doing, you know, um, uh, run, uh, doing uh, doing a lot of lifetime miles. Uh, we have a guy named Herb Fred who's run 250,000 lifetime miles. You know, that's hard to get your head around, but that's actually to from uh, from uh, Earth to the Moon is like 240,000 miles. So he is he has literally run to the moon. So he's averaged, I can't remember, it's like 13 or 14 miles a day. So obviously people who are trying to get those big numbers in are, you know, they're, they're try, they run every day as part of it. Uh, the guy who's number one on our list right now, John Sutherland from California, he's done 190,000 lifetime miles. And uh, so... You know, for him, he just enjoys getting out there, and you know, he's trying to build up his 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 miles out there. I'm sure that will be another uh, podcast for you guys on the lifetime miles people. That that's insane. I've I've never heard of that. Those numbers are are truly mind boggling. Well, you know, uh, Andy Berthet, uh from Runners World, he keeps a list of people who are who've run over 100,000 miles. Andy is on it, and a lot of people from our Running Street Association association is on it as well uh we have a guy uh who's he's i think he's uh third on our list his name's steve DeBoer from minnesota and he keeps track of people who've done over seventy thousand miles and he's got over 100 people part of that list i am not somebody who does a lot of lifetime miles although i do keep track of them and, and uh since i started in keeping track in 1985 i've run uh 46,000 lifetime miles. Wow. That, those are just impressive numbers. That's great. So do you have a number in, in terms of uh, your running streak? Do you have a number you're shooting for or you're just going with it? I really don't. I, um, I just take it one day at a time. Um, I, you know, I just hope to be out there um, for as long as I can. And, you know, when my time is up, my time is up. But, uh, you know, I'm going to hang in there as long as I can. I figure someday I'll probably have to go down to do one mile, and maybe then the streak will be over. But right now I've been able to do three miles a day, so I'm trying to keep that streak alive as well. Well, we can't thank you enough for, for taking time with us and uh, to share your story and uh, your association. So if, if people want to learn more then about the United States Running Streak Association, where should they go? Well, we have a website, and you can go at www.runeveryday.com. I think that... And uh, see our list. And we're also on Facebook under the United States Running Streak Association. And as I said, we have international runners. Uh, we have Streak Runners International. In fact, the number one guy on our list is Ron Hill from England. His streak just hit 50 years in December. So, you know, people from all over the world can join our association. I can't even wrap my head around that. Well, he is an amazing athlete, Ron Hill. Uh, as I, I mentioned, he's a three-time Olympian. He won the 
Bloss America on in 1970, and he's part of our group. 50 years, never missed a day. That's terrific. Well, thanks so much again for uh, sharing your story, and best of luck at Boston. Okay, thank you very much. I appreciate you having me on. All right, that does it for now. Catch us on Twitter. I'm at McRunner26, and Brian is at RunGooseRun. Until tomorrow, keep running. Want more info on the podcast? Head over to milesonincluded.com. Are you on Twitter? We are too. Find us at MNI Podcast. Any questions, comments, or even like to be a guest on the show? Hit us up at podcast at milesnotincluded.com. Music